This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Ready to dive into God's Word with us? Join our next online Bible study. Throughout the year, we'll dive into LifeWay Women's studies that cover a variety of topics and hear from several different amazing Bible teachers. For each study, you can access the teaching videos for a limited time, comment and interact with others walking through the study, and track your progress. See what we're studying next at LifeWayWomen.com forward slash OBS. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyman and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. It's good to be back this week. I know. I'm excited. So today we are we are really excited to get to talk with Sandra McCracken, who you may know for her songwriting, her worship leading, but we're talking with her about that, but also her new book, Send Out Your Light. So hi Sandra. How are you? Hey. Hey, it's so good to be with you guys. I'm doing well. We like to have people introduce themselves on our podcast. So tell us about yourself and your ministry. Um, Well, I'm a songwriter and um, musician here in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been here quite a long time now. I grew up originally in Missouri and started writing songs when I was um, pretty young and didn't really know that I would get to do this for a living. So that's been a fun surprise that's happened just really one step at a time. And then just this last year, moved from um, said yes to writing a longer form kind of writing, which was this book, Send Out Your Light. And that's been um, a really good growth experience, certainly something new, and um, glad to be here to talk with you uh, with you guys about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have a question. As, we're, as you're saying that, and I don't know why, I mean, I would love to know, and I'm sure every songwriter is different, but do you like to, like, do the words come to you first? Does a tune come in your, I mean, how does that work? I would love to know. That's just a good question. <laughs> Um, I think it's different. Um, it's different every time. And probably early on, my songs came out of journal writing. And so I would write and pray and, and, um, just, I, I think writing things down helps me to process Mm -hmm. and helps me to put things into words and to even realize what might be going on inside of me or, or in the world around me. And so, that is where songwriting starts for me. And then whether it's music or um, lyrics first or rhymes or, you know, kind of how things fit together has changed a lot over the years and depending on who I'm writing with or what I'm working on. So I think of the creative process a little bit more like um, like projects, you know, mm-hmm. you have um, you try to set some parameters and work on a particular thing. So it's changed uh, a lot of times the words and music happen at the same time for me. That's really cool because I don't know that my brain, like I grew up playing the piano but and I love to write, but I've never like tried to put any, I've, I've never been creative enough to like come up with my own music. So I think that's a, yeah, it's just such a interesting talent, but we love your new book is called Send Out Your Light. And so tell us a little bit about the book. Um, thanks. Yeah, it's, um, 
it's really a reflection on some of the creative process along with some of my own story and what I noticed when I was thinking about what would I want to write about if I were going to do a longer form book um, rather than just a three minute song and I thought you know so many of my songs are accidentally um, accidentally or otherwise they are just they're so uh, connected to scripture and scripture has really shaped my writing um, throughout my songwriting career and so that was what I started to explore is like these places where um, scripture kind of follows us around and it gets involved in our work and our days and we you know we're thinking about it in the car and something you memorized or something you heard and I think that's uh, that I think that's what I was trying to explore is like how how scripture has informed my creative process and, and my story and and how God has used that to um, to give me hope and to give me um, direction and to send me out into the world to um, to kind of be part of what he's doing in the world mm-hmm. That's awesome. yeah so you like you said your usual genre is songwriting so what made you want to turn this theme into a full book um That's a good question. I think maybe the easiest way to say, to answer that would be to say, I, I had more to say than could fit in a three minute song. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just, I had been used to this one format of communication, some of which, you know, you're just really limited by, um, by the form, you know, the chorus and the verses and how much can you fit into that? And I think there were just more things I wanted to share and more I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. What is your hope for readers of Send Out Your Light? Um, I like that you asked that because I think, um, because creative work can sometimes feel like it's just for us and, you know, just for the, the one who's making it, but it's it's really not. And I think when when something that you make, because we're all made in the image of God, so we all are creative, even if you're not in a creative vocation necessarily by category, mm-hmm. I think because we're all creative, God makes these things. So you hear a song on the radio or something that, you know, you're, you're 15 years old and there's a song that just like says exactly how you feel. Yeah. And then that song becomes shared. And I think that's the whole idea is like what, what I would really love most is for a song I write or a book that I put forward to not just be about me, but be about something that we can actually have this sort of like long distance friendship (laughs) where you read it and you're like, Oh, that's how I feel. And when those moments are shared, I think is when we are connected to one another and connected back to who we're made to be like in community. Do you get that from like listeners? Like, do they come up to you and go, I so relate to that song or, you know, something that you've done. I have, I have over the years and I love hearing people's stories because even though our circumstances might be really, you know, a different, like a different description of what's happening in our lives, Mm -hmm. what we, what we experience is so, um, so human and so shared. I I think that's, is part of like, you know, when you listen to music and, you know, people have different favorite artists or whatever. It's, I think it's because they connect not just with, Mm. you know, with maybe with the song, but the person and just, you know, what they're writing about. And they, they feel like they are, they're friends almost, you know, when yeah. you're there yeah. for sure. I think there's definitely something to be said about 
music doing that and connecting people, but also just words. Um, mm-hmm. I think they both have these connecting community power um, to them that are, I mean, we see it in scripture, all throughout scripture of the word being playing into, um, I mean, it is what the Bible is called is the word, but then also mm-hmm. just like words spoke our world, our world into existence. And then mm-hmm. Jesus is the word. And so just thinking about, um, how words and so writing both in song and in book form does allow that to create a connection. And that is a really cool thing that um, our creative God has given us to connect with one another. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree. I agree that it is always interesting to me when I look back at those early, like the description of the creation of the world in, in early in the first few chapters of Genesis. And you think like there could have been so many other ways mm-hmm. that God would have brought the world into existence, but he did it through words. And, yeah. and then you see again, like later in the new Testament and early John, the first chapter mm-hmm. of John and this like mysterious, um, this mysterious description of like the word was with God and the word was mm-hmm. God and the word was God in the beginning. And I think the dance of all of those were all, you know, just of all these things happening. Um, it reminds us that we're made for one another and that, that this is the way that God forms community and he's, mm-hmm. he, he forms belonging in us is through his word. And then, and yeah, like you're saying then even the fact that Jesus is called the word and he is the word made um, in human form, all that is, like I, I would never get tired of of reflecting on that because it continues to have new implications every time I go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually just finished a paper on the word centered life, and mm-hmm. it, so some of the things that you're saying, I mean, I really did try to thread that creation and you know his word, his spoken word, and then the New Testament. But I love even just I'm looking at the inside of flap of the cover of your of your book and you wrote it in three parts but so this kind of is what you're talking about the first part is the becoming the creation part two is the disorientation and part three is the reorientation so this Mm -hmm. is kind of that theme of sending out god's light and we know that we've kind of gone through some dark times in our world so when you kind of put that you know kind of the outline of this together um what does it mean for us to shine god's light when everything can seem really dark Hmm. yeah um it it is i think there's a lot of movement to the like walking by faith there's a lot of Mm -hmm. movement to our lives we you know even from if you think about a child that's between birth and one year old if you've you know been up close to that process it is it's astounding how much change happens in that first year, you know, and then it continues throughout our lives. And you think like, well, just when you get, a, when you just get used to some new sleep pattern or some new thing that's going on, then it changes again. And, you know, now here um, at this point in my life and when I have, a, I've watched three kids, you know, grow up um, and not, not all the way, but I mean, I have a toddler and then I have two middle schoolers and I watch the differences in their development and I, and I look at my own development and that God is still doing, you know, I feel like I'm still learning so much about what it is to walk by faith, even when we're, when we are disoriented by our circumstances or by, you know, this crazy year we've just had where everybody's isolated and everybody's like working from home and trying to figure out, 
what this all means. We're still in a way recovering from the effects of that, that we don't mm. know how to put a word, you know, we don't know how to name some of that yet. Mm -hmm. But if this is the norm, like this is how we come into the world. And that first year of our lives was crazy because everything changed. In a sense, that's still happening. And this is how God designed it for us to continue to rely upon him and to know ourselves and to, and to know him more deeply. Even, even now, like it doesn't mean we have to... Like it's already here, that sense of knowing and being in a relationship with him. It's not just happening like in heaven, in the sky somewhere later. It's like it's happening now. So mm -hmm. that's I think that's the hope is that we would catch a vision for that and that it would change how we handle the stresses and how we handle the disorientation we might be feeling now. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we have used this metaphor of darkness and light a lot. Um Recently, I think of I'll think of it a lot around Christmas time, and I also just think about we've we've talked a lot about how um, dark the world has been and felt. And so, what is the significance for you of the metaphor of darkness and light? Hmm. Um, I was just working on a song with some friends this week about that. Um, mm. Just the you know, yours is the day and yours is the night. Like darkness is not, um, darkness is as light to you. So this, mm. uh, from, from Psalm, I think it's Psalm 74. Um, it, I could have that wrong. I'll have to look that up for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys probably know, but it, it was, um, I think just that reminder that when you feel like, um, when you feel like it's dark, that uh, there it's natural to kind of be afraid, be on guard, to be watchful. Yeah. But if we know God to be our protector and that he is not, that darkness is not dark to him, then it begins to change our experience of the darkness. And in the middle of it, that there can still be a buoyancy, there can still be, um, and I'm mixing metaphors a little bit, but there's like, right. there can be levity and it doesn't have to be fearsome. It can also be peaceful and it can mm. be like a quiet that you don't have during the day. And it can be, you know, like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, and you, it starts out as anxiety. I think um, mm -hmm. several of the Psalms will say like, you, you, they'll reference like a song in the night. And that, you know, when I wake up and I'm anxious, I think like, okay, what, it, what can, what can God, how can God speak to me in this time? Like, how might he be waking me up? Like the little boy Samuel, who's like, doesn't know that that's the Lord waking him up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And then he realizes it is. And he's like, oh, okay, speak, Lord. I'm here, you know. And yeah. our anxiety then melts into hearing the voice of God, even in the middle of the darkness. Mm. I love that. I feel like I've heard, and I cannot remember who has said this. I'm sure it's somebody that's like an ancient uh, father of the faith. But talking about how sleeping is one of our greatest acts of trust in God mm -hmm. um, because it is us just completely being vulnerable in the middle of the darkness um, and trusting that he is also the God of the, of the night and of the darkness. And so uh, I love that picture and that mm -hmm. truth that he is, he is God of the light, but he's also, you know, God in the middle of the night as well. And so yeah. that's a good thing for us to remember for sure. And I, I, I like that you said, I love that. Yeah, I like that you said darkness is really not darkness to him. And yeah. that's, um, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone really express it that way before, but it, uh, because he is, he is the light, right? Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. I also mm -hmm. like 
in the book, you talk about that we're shaped by the places that we're from. And so I thought it'd be interesting for you just to tell us, like, tell us a little bit about how the place you're from you and the community that has surrounded you has shaped you. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think we are, um, a re- one really quick aside, that reference of darkness is not dark to you is, is um, Psalm 139. It's mm. like them drawing it from that, where it, the psalmist says, like, if the, surely da- the darkness is going to cover me and the light is going to be night around me. Um, and then he says, even the darkness is not dark to you, for night is as bright as the day and darkness is as light with you. And, and then it, it just going right into your next question, it kind of talks in that psalm about how we are made in our mother's womb and that in that place, um, there's, you can get this sense of like, there's a mystery, but place like that, that there's, um, mm-hmm. something happening in the place where we are being formed. So first it's the womb, but then it's also, you know, for me, Nashville, Tennessee, there's this formation that I've experienced here. And when I was a kid, there's formation in Missouri and it has to do with the place and stories and, um, our surroundings. There's one little, um, example of that, that I write about in the book, which when I was a kid, I, I heard, um, I heard a report of an incident that happened with these two brothers that were caught up in, um, there were, uh, there was a flood that happened near the Mississippi river and they were caught. And one of the boys, um, got swept up in the sand levee and the other boy pulled, um, survived by standing on his shoulders. So mm-hmm. this story of rescue that I remember as a kid that was tucked back in my memory somewhere and I completely forgot about it. And then it, it fast forward to the days after September 11th and we were all kind of corporately like processing everything that had happened and trying to put words on it. And I wrote this song called age after age. Mm. And I remembered the story of the two brothers and the one who saved the other one by standing on his shoulders. So I wrote this song and the chorus is like, um, it gives me, it gives me sight because I'm standing on his shoulders. Mm. And, you know, as I wrote that into the song, thinking about September 11th, I, I started to wonder like, was that a real story? Like, I don't remember, like, I don't Mm. remember the details of it, but it had been part of the place and Mm -hmm. my childhood memory. And then, okay. So then that was in 2001. And then you fast forward to when I'm writing this book and I heard somebody tell the same story about these boys in a sermon at my church. My, our pastor told it. Oh, wow. And I was like floored because I was like, oh my gosh, he knows this story. <laughs> so I asked him and I was like, can you, do you know like the original source and any, but nobody could find the original source. I got an email a couple of weeks after I heard that sermon and there was um, somebody wrote me a note saying, hey, is this a real story? And I said, I don't know. Um, this guy in the email ended up going to find these old um, newspaper clippings and sent me about 12 of them. Mm. Um, it was a real story, and it did happen right near where I was a kid. And the, and just to, to go back, I was so moved by this these articles and by the fact that God plants us in a place and weaves us together with the people around us. And then he stirs those stories in our hearts. Mm. He like brings... I don't, I don't even really know how to explain it other than to say this was such a, an affirmation of kind of our shared human story yeah. and his, um, 
leading us through even the horrible things, like the tragic things that happen, he continues to be present in them and that he is using them for our good and his glory, you know? And, um, anyway, I, I think that that little, I think that that little story, um, was, was like a, a, a thread line through that helped me and affirmed both the creative process and the way his scripture meets us in our everyday lives. Yeah. I, um, I had a poetry professor that would always ask us for our hometown's population. And we always thought that was strange, but I think he was like, where you're from shapes your writing in ways Mm. that you may or may not realize. And so he always was like, I need to know what the population of your hometown is, which I never knew that information. So I was always (laughs) like, I don't know, let's Google it after this or something. But um, I do think that is so cool and so neat how God does use these random stories from Mm -hmm. the places that we grew up to, to shape who we are and, and how we, um, send out his light later in our lives. So Mm -hmm. speaking of that, we love how you use your creativity, songwriting, storytelling to advance God's light in the world. So what would you say? You already said that every woman is creative. So what would you say to the, to the woman who doesn't feel like a creative Mm -hmm. person? How can, and, and also, so this may be two separate questions or it may kind of blend into one, but how can we advance God's light with our everyday lives and tasks if they don't feature something that we may consider creative, like songwriting? Um, that, I love that. I mean, I think you're, you're affirming all these things, even in your question. And I think the question is kind of part of the practice of figuring figuring out like um by asking that question of ourselves at every different life stage Mm. we will probably have a different answer like what does creativity look like today what did it look like five years ago or ten years ago and um and we may have a different answer but i think the fact that we have we continue to ask that question and as women i think there's um it's really important to keep asking one another that question because sometimes i think our work is more hidden Mm. um caregiving work can be really hidden uh mm-hmm. other kinds of work like you know teaching coaching um accounting um l- there are so many different fields where it seems like your work doesn't really matter and it doesn't it's not really spiritual and it doesn't matter to god and it certainly doesn't seem like it's creative sometimes it seems pretty mundane and ordinary but i i actually think um when you start looking for it, you find that asking that question, like, where am I, where am I called to, to make, you know, to make something, to uh, change how we do this, that could be as simple as reorganizing the linen closet, you know, and that's, that's like a small thing. But when you apply beauty and order and cultivate the space that you're given, um, there's something in it that brings good to, um, your family life, right? Like I know where the king sheets are and I know where the, <laughs> where the <Yeah>. hand towels <laughs> are supposed to go. And that took me, it probably only took me like 20 minutes to actually do that, but it brings me a lot of pleasure that that closet is not a disaster anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that, I think those little places of creativity, um, when you start looking for them, uh, can, can actually be pretty joyful, you know, in the mm-hmm. most ordinary way. Uh, same as if you're writing a song or working on a financial spreadsheet, um, 
and you know fill in the blank with whatever your gifts are and whatever um, your calling is like where you're called to be mm. that that makes so much sense and I'm so glad that there are people who are gifted to do spreadsheets because <laughs> yes not my gifting or even just you know math I had in uh, at church a couple of weeks ago one of the high school girls we were talking about something with math and she said but God created math and I was like yes he did I guess that's like you know I'm glad I'm so glad that <laughs> um, it's not my gifting and I can appreciate that gift and other people mm-hmm. for sure and yes yeah it's honestly the way that we do like that's the way we send out God's light right mm-hmm. yeah 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 sure. there's um yeah, there's a one of the lines in the Proverbs 31, the famous Proverbs 31 description of a woman is like strength and dignity are her mm. clothing. Um, there's, I think that those two words are really strong words to describe. Um, the, you know, being called into that light. There's, there's something when, you, like, when you sit in the sun, especially in the winter, and you just feel like the warmth and the strength. There's, there's something in that where I think we are we receive the light of God and then it kind of like fills us up. You know, if it's like a cold day and you're sitting in the warm sun and you're just like, man, this sun feels so good. There's a sense yeah. of like it, it kind of bolsters us. And I think mm-hmm. that in the spiritual sense, that's kind of what happens when we commune with God, when we rely on him for our strength and dignity. And then, and then we're, and then we get up and walk out into whatever's next for us um, with that, um, with that strength and dignity. Mm. It's, kind of like the like it. it's like the vitamin D that we all need, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. For sure. Sandra, so the, the question that we always ask our guests, and we would love to hear your answer, is what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Well, I, I, think, I, I think I know what you mean by the question. I would say... Um, I would say there's like a um, like a sensitivity that I remember, you know, like when I was young, I, I think I felt like um, there's like a sense of empathy. Maybe that's a word or a sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I think God has really used that in um, in drawing me toward him because there's a vulnerability in it and there's um, a way that um yeah, and then on the practical side, the way that it's really worked itself out is through writing and journaling. And by saying, you know, if you kind of feel like you have things you need to process, that has been such a helpful tool for me. And it's really marked my walk with Christ in the sense that, you know, when I was in high school and I was a senior and I was graduating, um, Florence Lewis, one of my one of my teachers at school, gave me this journal. And I had journaled off and on until then, but she gave me this journal and, and she was just the kind of... She, I really looked up to her. She was the kind of woman that you were just like, well, I'm going to do it because she said I should do this. And I started <laughs> journaling more regularly. And um, so journal writing has really helped me to put words to things and to see God working even and through my own kind of empathy or sensitivity to the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. I also love her name, Florence Lewis. I feel like <laughs> I that's, a, a, that's a great she name. She's a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Sandra, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We just loved having you. And I think that this is going to encourage a lot of women. And especially as we think about what it means to send out our light and the way that God has gifted us. And so 
we are so excited to for your new book and we just want to encourage our, our women who listen and um, any of the guys out there that might even be listening to, to take a, a chance to, to mm-hmm. check it out and mm-hmm. go find it on lifeway.com um, thank you Sandra for being so obedient to God's call in your life Thank you. I appreciate just having this time with you all. I feel, um, yeah, grateful for it. Yeah, it's okay. Well, listeners, thank you again for joining us on the Mark Podcast, and we look forward to having you back next week. Bye. So, Kelly, something that's really exciting is our friends at B&H have given us a few copies of Sandra's book to give away. That's so fun. Let's do it. How do we do it? All right. So here's how we're going to do it. Here's how you can enter to win a, a copy of Send Out Your Life. Go to our show notes and fill out the form that you'll find there to enter the contest to win a copy of Send Out Your Life by Sandra McCracken. So... Go to, go to the show notes. You'll, you'll fill out a form there and see all the rules and all that kind of stuff. But Okay. If they don't know how to find the show notes, what's the easiest way to find the show notes, Elizabeth? Lifewaywomen.com slash mark. And they'll be there. Great. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.